Hi friends, I'm super excited to announce that I am going to be speaking at the Health Optimization Summit in London this June 15th and 16th. I will be talking about balancing hormones, health and hustle for high achieving women. And I'm also going to be hosting a menopause panel with Dr. Mindy Pels and Dr. Stephanie Estima. So if you haven't got your ticket yet, then head over to summit.healthoptimization.com. And if you enter code ANGELA10, you'll get 10% off your ticket. There are so many amazing experts this year, uh, including Ben Greenville, Dr. Mindy Pels, Dr. Stephanie Estima, as I've mentioned, Dr. Stephen Gundry, JJ Virgin, many of whom have actually been on this show. So head over to summit.healthoptimization.com and enter code ANGELA10 at checkout and be sure to come over and say hi. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of articles backing various aspects of red light therapy, such as in health, energy, athletic performance, uh, sleep, mental health, so on and so forth. I mean, there's dozens of things that red light therapy can help with based on the research. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high-performance mind, body, and lifestyle. Hi, friends. I am so excited to be talking about everything red light therapy today. If you've been listening to the show for some time, you'll know that I'm a huge fan of red light therapy, and I've recently had the opportunity to try a device that's the first of its kind called the Guardian. And this is a device that optimizes the health of your oral cavity. Um, you may not know this, but the oral cavity has the second largest and diverse microbiota after the gut and harbors over 700 species of bacteria. Um, and this device actually helps you optimize the health of your oral microbiome. And you may have even seen me wearing this red light therapy uh, mouth device on Instagram. And it's called The Guardian. It's by a company called BioLite. And Mike Bukowski, the founder of BioLite, is an expert on everything to do with red light therapy. And on today's podcast, I sit down with Mike and we chat about all of the many benefits of red light therapy, which range from reducing inflammation, helping with things like anxiety and depression, improving athletic performance, and in particular, improving time to failure. They've also been shown to be uh, improvements in bone and joint health and brain and nerve health. In fact, red light therapy is used by many sports teams in the management of concussions as part of those protocols. It can improve eye health. It can help you get um, more sustainable fat loss. It's been shown to help your hair grow and improve collagen production in the skin, apart from the many benefits to heart health and your immune system, and importantly, the health of your mighty mitochondria. Now, as you'll know, your mitochondria are the little energy powerhouses of your cells. And if you have more mitochondria, and in particular, more healthy mitochondria, you're going to have much higher levels of energy. And I think everyone loves more energy. So in today's podcast, we're going to be diving into the many benefits of red light therapy, how you can use these devices, what the treatment times are, the distances that you should be from the device and how long to use them. And we'll also be sharing Mike's expert knowledge in this area. And if you want more information in relation to this, he actually has a fantastic book that he updates twice annually with more of the recent research in relation to red light therapy on his website, which is over at BioLite. So if you go to bit.ly forward slash BioLite device, you'll be able to find that book there. And if you're interested in any of the red light therapy devices, Mike has very kindly given listeners of this podcast a call cool 10% off your order. All you need to do is enter code ANGELA10 at checkout. So that's bit.ly forward slash BioLite device and enter code Angela10 at checkout. But now let's get stuck into everything to do with red light therapy and let me introduce you to Mike. So I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Mike Belkowski today um, on the show. We're going to be talking all about red light therapy, which is always a popular topic with the listeners. Um, Mike is an expert in the field of photobiomodulation. First of all, Mike, welcome to the show. Angela, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. 
Yeah, so good to have you here. I absolutely love red light therapy. Um, so I can't wait to get started. Let's just start because I know you've been into this for some time, for many years before you founded the company. What kind of got you first into red light therapy? Well, it's kind of, uh, I mean, it wasn't a direct path. I didn't seek it out per se. So I'll try to make this a short story, but so I'm a physical therapist by trade. I graduated from physical therapy school in the in the states here in 2016 quickly took a, a job at an outpatient clinic uh where i was quickly disgruntled with how the quote-unquote system works and i was essentially handcuffed with how i could treat patients because of the insurance companies and the way that works over here in the states meaning my clinic or my boss wanted me to treat kind of a certain way because we got reimbursed more even though these other treatments may help uh, the patient more, but we're not going to get reimbursed as much or maybe not reimbursed at all. So between that and the way um, that I was just being utilized at the clinic, it didn't sit right with me. So I decided to set out and start my own um, private practice where I quickly picked up quite a few holistic treatments from a physical therapist or a physiotherapist's uh, point of view. So um, I specialize in dry needling, cupping, blood flow restriction training. And last year I um, integrated hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So it was during this path of finding holistic, efficacious treatments for my patients that I came across red light therapy. And I'd heard of it multiple, multiple times in different biohacking circles and certainly uh, Ben Greenfield's podcast. But it didn't really strike me when I heard about it at those moments. I was like, it's light. What could it possibly do? It sounds cool. It looks cool but whatever. But again, during this process of finding these holistic treatments for, for my private practice, I was reading a lot of books uh, through Amazon. So of course, Amazon suggests books for you and pops up one that was red light therapy, had hundreds and hundreds of reviews that was five stars. So I kind of caved in or gave in and um, got the books. I'm like, I can't not read it if, if it's got this many five star reviews. And so that was kind of the uh, beginning point for me getting into red light therapy. And so it's actually the book behind me here um, by Ari Witten um, called, I, I think like the ultimate guide to red light therapy. Yeah. So the first half of the book is a, he talks about the physiological mechanisms of how red light therapy works. And that kind of gave me a good connection of making it real versus it, this esoteric or uh, woo woo thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's physiological mechanisms and the big, connection for me was it had similar mechanisms to dry needling, which I use and people seek me out. That's kind of what I, I'm an expert in for physical therapy is dry needling, which reduces pain almost instantaneously, whether it's acute or chronic all over the body, head, shoulder, knees, and toes. And so dry needling works by reducing inflammation, improving circulation, and you can get instantaneous pain relief. So two of the mechanisms for red light therapy is also driving down inflammation, improving circulation, but thirdly, it optimizes mitochondrial health. And short after, shortly after reading that book, I went down the path of reading about mitochondria and the impact they have on our overall health and longevity. So now red light therapy has this third thing that, that could really move the needle for overall health and wellness in many ways. So the first part of the book described that, the second part of that book uh, really dug into the research and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of articles backing various aspects of red light therapy, such as skin health, energy, athletic performance, uh, sleep, mental health, so on and so forth. I mean, there's dozens of things that red light therapy can help with based on the research. So my, my socks were completely knocked off that here's this thing as simple as light that can help. It's non-invasive. It's extremely safe. You can do it in the comfort of your home, but it's, it was relatively unknown. And this is only, I don't know, three, four years ago that this, that I read that book. Uh, and even still today, I mean, it's becoming more popular slowly, but surely, but still most people don't know about red light therapy. Um, but that was kind of the burgeoning point for me, that book, I looked to see what the market had to offer. Uh, and on one side of the spectrum, I felt like there was these really expensive devices that maybe they didn't justify the price and uh, quality. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there was these very cheap prices, like the things you can find on Amazon. 
And if you don't know what to look for as a consumer, you might say, you know, why, why not just buy the cheap product? I can afford that. Um, but you have to look at the, the power of the light, the safety metrics, such as EMF emission and um, light flicker and different things like that. So you kind of get cheap results with cheap products. So my point being, I felt like if someone could come in, uh, bring in high quality products for a more affordable price that the demand would be there and, and it sure has the past uh, 12 to 18 months. Yeah, amazing. And you have such a great selection of lights, which I want to dive into. Um, let's just talk, first of all, a little bit. So for some people listening, as you say, they may not be overly familiar with red light therapy. And the benefits to mitochondrial health are just, as you say, thousands of studies. So amazing. because so, And so many people are actually struggling with energy, particularly in the last two years. Um, but let's explain the difference first of all, because um, obviously red light is the visible part of the spectrum that we can see. And I think for those listening, what we're talking about here is the fact that light is bioactive in humans, right? And we would have been able to get this when we spend more time outside, free from the sun. But a lot of us are actually inside and overexposed to blue light instead at the moment. And near infrared, um, you feel some heat from, I think, but not so much, right? You can definitely feel a little bit of warmth, but it's not the same as when you get into the sort of mid and far, certainly the far infrared ranges. Um, can you explain the difference? Because I know with your own lights, for example, people can use them individually. So they can have just the red light on, they can have just the near infrared, or they can combine them. How would people understand in terms of the, the goals that they have and the results they're looking to get, what they should be doing and the kind of doses and frequency they should be using them. Yeah, so the differences between red and near infrared outside of, like you said, red is visible, near infrared, at least to humans, is invisible. Um, red doesn't penetrate any deeper than the layers of the skin. So you would only use red light to treat the skin, whether that's for wound healing, uh, reducing wrinkles, you know, just keeping that healthy glow in your skin you'd use red light only. Whereas if you're treating something deeper, you need to use near infrared, which is a slightly longer wavelength, thus it penetrates deeper. So if you're treating anything deeper than the skin, such as muscle bones, joints, you know, the brain or organs, you, you must use near infrared because red light will not get there. And then there's times where you want to use, uh, use both. So you're getting both layers, you know, general health and wellness, uh, sometimes for athletic performance or otherwise, or just circadian, uh, health, you'd want to use both. But as far as teasing out as a customer, as a consumer, how to use these devices, uh, at least when I started BioLite, no one else had a guide really for how to use their devices other than the, um, the colloquial use it for 10 to 20 minutes every single day. It's just this global blanketed uh, uh, treatment for everything which didn't make sense. But again, that's better than nothing. Cause like you said, we spend too much time indoors, not enough time outdoors. So 10 to 20 minutes, most days is better than nothing. But if you're trying to treat something specific like skin health versus mental health, you do have to utilize different parameters if you want to get uh, effective, efficient results. So that's why I developed the red light therapy treatment protocols ebook, which has some great information about red light therapy, what to be aware of, how you can um, uh, wield this technology best. And then the second half of the book is those specific protocols with the research um, that's kind of linked to the protocols I developed because I based the protocols off the highest quality, most up-to-date research. So if you're doing skin health, for example, let's say anti-aging skin health, you would use red light only at about 15 to 18 inches away for like one and a half to three uh three minutes so that's a super super low dosage um because the 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 further you are away from the device of course you're going to lose more light power so you're intentionally it's kind of far away from the device for for skin health because it doesn't take much whereas so that's just just a pause there so that's 15 to 18 inches you're saying but for mm -hmm. only one to three minutes you don't need to spend any longer than three minutes in front of it yeah, if you're, if you're like anti-aging skin, just making that, you know, face glow, that's all you need. 
Okay, so when people are wearing, like you see them on Instagram and they're wearing like these face masks that actually go in, is that because, and I've always wondered with this, because that is so close to the skin, are those lights less strong? Is that the reason? They have to be, I would okay. think. <laughs> I have, I've looked on a couple of those products, websites or pages, and I couldn't find the light irradiance, which is which mm. light power you're talking about, which should be measured in milliwatts per centimeter squared. So for example, like our panels are about 130, uh, the handheld device, which isn't the shine, which is uh, portable, isn't plugged into electricity. It's about 110. So those face masks would have to be like uh, 10, 20, 30 milliwatts per centimeter squared. Like it has to be uh, super okay. low, because like you said, it's so close. Yeah. Um, and you know, we'll get into this later about the Guardian, but that's why the Guardian is 30, or sorry, it's a... It's, uh, I believe it's 11 milliwatts per centimeter squared because your gum tissue is so sensitive. You wouldn't want to blast it for a long period of time with, with these other devices. Yeah. It's 11 milliwatts per centimeter squared. And then here there is what, um, cause my understanding is there's a bell curve. We don't necessarily know that it's actually going to do any damage, but certainly once you go beyond, you get to the top of the bell curve, there's not necessarily any benefit for staying with it longer. Yeah, precisely. So that's called the biphasic dose response. Exactly like, like you said, a, a bell curve where um, if you're looking at it on the far left, if you're outside of the curve, that means the dosage is too low. You're not going to get the results you're looking for. But again, no harm done. And on the far right of the curve, which is where I think most people are, is where the dosage is too high. You've exposed yourself to too much light. You're not going to get the results you're looking for. But again, likely no harm. And I say likely because if you're just starting out with red light therapy, or you do expose yourself for way too long, you may get a slight headache or lethargic or um, uh, nauseous. But I mean, those are very, very few and far between. And that's about as bad as it gets with, with uh, the negative side effects of red light therapy. But again, I guess the take home point is overdosing leads to no results. Mm. So it is about finding a um, the treatment within that bell curve. And again, treating like skin health compared to mental health, compared to athletic performance, uh, getting under that bell curve is going to take different, um, either types of light and, or dosages of light. Yeah. Okay. So for red light then for skin health, we're looking at a short treatment time, one to three minutes, 15 to 18 inches away. What about then let's use now we're turning the red light off and we're just using the near infrared, which is the bit that you can't see. Um, has a little bit of warmth to it. Where, how far away are people going to be from the light and for what's the ideal treatment time? Or does that depend on whether we're treating the head, like the brain, whether we're looking at internal organs, whether we're looking at muscle mass and time to failure, for example? How, how does that work? Yeah, again, that um, it, all, it all depends <laughs> <laughs> um, on what you're trying to treat. In general, most treatments are going to be six to 12 inches. So if you're Within that range of, away from your, your device, that's kind of the home run range for like 90% of the, the treatments. Um, if you have a device that happens to be no EMFs because it's running on an internal battery versus electricity, like, like with the Shine, if I'm doing a, a brain treatment, I'll do near infrared and put it right on my uh, frontal lobe here and treat both sides. Uh, whereas if you have a panel that's plugged into electricity, you wouldn't necessarily want to do that because there is going to be um, some semblance of EMF emission, even if it's a small, small amount. So you would want to be at least three to six inches away to get the most penetration depth with that near infrared. Uh, but that's also something to consider. Are you treating something very deep like the bone or is it relatively superficial like the muscle um, or some organs like your, your gut can be relatively superficial? Uh, so that can dictate some distances or dictate the depth of penetration. And your ebook basically gives you the guide for your lights, right? Because presumably different lights are running at different strengths, or is there like an industry standard for red light therapy? Oh, uh, what do you mean by that industry standard? So, so what I mean is like with your lights, you've got the near infrared and the red, obviously there are light frequencies within those ranges. Does that mean, I know we were talking like, with the um, face mask, for example, there doesn't seem to be particularly published data on what that is. But for, if somebody has a red light therapy device at home, they're listening to this. 
um, maybe they're interested now like in something like the handhold because that sounds like a really great addition to be honest <laughs> this is something I'd like now um, but say they already have a red light therapy would they be able to use your ebook to determine the distance uh, mm -hmm. at which and the treatment times or are they just application to your own devices they're mostly tailored to biolite devices which are around 130 milliwatts per centimeter squared but again even if you look at the ebook and i'll send that to you angela you'll see that the protocols themselves have quite the ranges meaning it might say like three to six minutes at six to 12 inches and do it three to six days a week but that's like that's the nature of where we are with photobiomodulation research right now is we got these wide ranges. And I think as time goes on, we're going to be able to define each protocol uh, based on the condition more and more, uh, if that makes sense. So my point being, even if you have a device that's, let's say, 100 or 110 milliwatts or 140 milliwatts, you can use pretty much the similar protocols that are in that ebook. And you should get the results because, again, you're going to be within that range. And in the end, it's N equals one. So uh, that's also the, the cause for some of those ranges is that biologically, we're all going to respond to light differently based on our health status. And um, I mean, many, many variables. So you want to start on the low end of those protocols, try them for a week or two, see if you notice any results. If you do stick with them, if you don't, then slightly start increasing the dosage until you do start getting the results you want. Because again, the research shows it's gonna work. So people that don't get results, either they're typically over dosing or they're using the wrong, you know, incorrect light, whether it's red or near infrared, um, or they just don't use it long enough. So they get frustrated. They wanna see, you know, instantaneous results, uh, which doesn't always happen. But if used properly, you should get the results you're looking for. Um, I did have someone who recently was trying to use it for a herniated disc in their back. And so this is an example where red light therapy is not going to help with a herniated disc because that's a structural issue, just like a bone spur or something. That's a structural issue. The red light therapy is not going to change. It may help with the pain, but the herniated disc is still going to be there. So the customer got frustrated because the red light therapy didn't didn't help them like they thought it would. Um, but again, there's no research showing that it helps with herniated discs and it's because it's a structural issue. Mm -hmm. And what about with um, the brain? Like you mentioned mental health there. I've seen like research surrounding things like helping with concussion, for example. Um, can this be used at all to help with conditions like um, anxiety or depression? Yeah, and there's actually some really cool research that just came out the last year, like this year and last year, showing that you can modulate, I think it's both Parkinson's and also anxiety, depression, major um, depressive disorder, treating those um, diagnoses or symptoms via the gut with uh, red light therapy because of the gut-brain access. So, oh, I mean, so you that, actually like you would stand in front of it naked shining the light on the gut area yeah or rather like, than on the head area because 90 percent of the serotonin is made in the gut right yeah interesting that's pretty wild wow so then it's having an impact on your gut bacteria presumably mm -hmm. yeah so that's another part of that research i mean it wasn't the same article but yeah you're going to help the gut brain access so you may help with your mental health and you drive or mitigate parkinson's or alzheimer's symptoms but then secondly like you're saying you're gonna uh normalize or really improve your your gut microbiome you know kind of get rid of the bad guys upregulate the good guys uh so it's it's pretty cool it's very very cool and then at, on that point right because the top of the the gut is starts in the mouth right the top of the gi tract should i say it's not the top of the gut is we have the guardian which i have been playing with here I'll try and turn it on now. I'm never good with this, turning it on and off. But essentially, this is helping, as far as I understand, obviously, your gums. Here we go. Your gums, but also, to a degree, the bacteria then in your mouth. Can you explain a bit more? Because this is the first uh, device like this that I've personally come across, and it's very, very cool. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's the first device on the market, the uh, mouthpiece that integrates both red and near-infrared light. Uh, just like anywhere in the body, the answer is going to be kind of the same with how it helps or how red light therapy helps that area. It's going to be uh, anti-inflammatory. It's going to be pro-circulatory, and it's going to help optimize mitochondrial health 
which is a topic in, in itself as far as energy production and everything that means uh, to the body. Because, um, I mean, we should probably sidestep here for a second about the mitochondria because the top mitochondrial researcher in the world, Dr. Doug Wallace, um, who's been studying mitochondria for, for four plus decades, uh, through his research and others, he's determined that um, upwards of 80% of modern diseases are tied to mitochondrial dysfunction. Mitochondrial dysfunction means your mitochondria aren't producing energy at an effective or efficient level. And we're not talking energy like getting caffeinated or drinking some coffee and getting hyped up. Energy in the sense that your body is able to carry out its normal physiological duties on a day-to-day -day basis. And when your energy falls below um, where it needs to be, that's where you start having uh, these diseases or these diagnoses come up. And it doesn't happen right away, of course. It's, it's years and years or possibly decades down the road where you get tagged with a multiple sclerosis or, or a, some type of skin disease or some type of um, you know, other organ disease. But according to Dr. Doug Wallace, that's tied directly to mitochondrial dysfunction because your energy, uh, your body's not producing enough energy to maintain homeostasis. So back to the point in the mouth, as far as what red light therapy can do, I mean, think of any type of orthodontic uh, treatment, uh, any type of periodontal disease, any type of inflammatory condition like gingivitis, uh, red light therapy is definitely going to help with. There's even research showing it can help mitigate enamel erosion. And I believe that's because it helps restore the level of acidity in your mouth because acid is too many protons. Alkaline is electrons. And so that's why grounding, that's why hydrogen rich water, that's why sunlight is so healthy for us is because it's ways we're inducing free electrons into your body or breathing in, you know, um, the negative ions at the ocean. So that's all red light therapy is doing essentially is restoring this balance of um, a lack of electrons. And so it can help with enamel erosion. Um, it can help with tooth sensitivity and a piece of uh, research that came out last year in uh, 2020 showed that it can help just like we were talking about with the gut microbiome. It can help restore the oral microbiome as far as reducing the uh, pro-inflammatory pro -inflammatory cytokines mm -hmm. and then upregulate late uh the healthy bacteria yeah it's really interesting because i know when i um interviewed dr kelly blodgett who's a holistic dentist he was using red light therapy um in substitution actually for strong kind of pain relief and antibiotics and things actually to help his patients recover really really fascinating because you think like how much better is that for the patient um yeah it's a win-win because like you're saying it's non-invasive you're not having to take these drugs or get the negative side effects of of that kind of stuff. And instead you're just simply using light. Mm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. And what about things like, um, arthritis as a condition, can it help with something like that? So chronic conditions just in nature are tougher to treat. Can it help? Sure. It can help reduce pain. Is it going to get rid of arthritis? Depends how long you've had it, how far gone your joint is. Again, when we get down to structural issues, let's say it's in your fingers and you've lost basically the cartilage between your joints. So it's just bone on bone. Yeah. Red light therapy is not going to restore that cartilage. Can it help reduce the pain? Possibly if you use correctly, but again, it's not going to um, completely reverse that type of arthritic condition. Whereas if it's like you uh, have a, have a bum joint, like you sprained an ankle or even like you tweaked your knee a couple of years ago. Um, red light therapy can help reduce the inflammation, improve circulation, which again, based on my, uh, background in dry needling, you can certainly reduce chronic pain. It's just going to take longer to see results. Whereas if you rolled your ankle today and you threw on some red light, you're going to see some pretty instantaneous results. Mm -hmm. So just like anything in life or anything in health, it depends on your health status, how long you've had the condition and, um, your your body's innate ability and cap, uh, capability to heal which again kind of comes down to the mitochondria and how much energy your cells are producing yeah and also everything else that you're doing to damage your mitochondria right if you're eating exactly. a diet full of like processed seed oils and things like that and just shoving whole load of toxins in you're going to be uh, it's a bit of a losing battle just trying to use 
red light therapy. Um, that's a thing though. You can just like anything, any biohacking or health regimen. I mean, you can stack a lot of these things to get a synergistic effect. So, you know, doing like a intermittent fasting or keto, and then maybe some intermittent fasted exercise. And then while you're exercising, you're being, you know, um, irradiated with red in your infrared light. I mean, there's ways to really stack these, all these different types of things we're, we're doing to get a synergistic uh, benefit. And that's actually something Ari Witten talked about in his book is for people looking for fat loss, he found a, an amazing result for people that did intermittent fasting, um, intermittent fasted exercise while being irradiated with red light therapy. So that's kind of why I brought it up. Um, it seems to be very okay, that's interesting. So, so this could be, we could do this easily, right? You could wake up in the morning, do some fasted early morning exercise with the red light on. Now, how would that, because I've always wondered this, right? Moving in front of my red light, how would this work? Because am I then going to be close enough to it? Are we talking about strength training in front of it? Are we talking about cardiovascular work? How, how does that work? Well, so for my personal setup, I just have uh, like the recharge uh, panel close to my stationary bike. So whenever I'm on my stationary bike, I'm able to irradiate, you know, from my head to my waist because uh, my shirt is off. You have to have skin exposed to get results. Uh, I believe in Ari Witten's book, I would have to look at it. He may have done red light. Was it prior to exercise or even after exercise as just a way because his people might've been like exercising outside or like walking or running or jogging. And then they did red light therapy. So it wasn't necessarily uh, simultaneously, but you certainly could do it. Uh, and for people that do want to use red light therapy, like let's say with yoga or weight training, you would certainly want a full body ish panel. And you'd want to stay within a couple feet of it. Most of the time, um, if you're working out for, let's say, you know, 30, 45 minutes. Mm. Yeah. And that would be, so you'd be elongating the dose effectively because you're not in front of it for quite as long. Because you're not as close to it. You're not as close to it. Right, yeah. Right. And this is all in your ebook. How long, how far, how long that dose needs to be depending on how close to the light you are. Yeah. And like for athletic performance, it's basically uh, the, the protocol I have in there currently is for preconditioning, meaning you would do the red light therapy prior to exercise because the research shows um, that they looked, they looked at several different ways of using red light therapy for exercise, doing a pre exercise during exercise or after exercise. And the research shows that doing it before exercise leads to the best results because when you exercise, you have two types of injury. Um, primary, the primary injury is like the mechanical stress you put on the muscles, the micro tears that you're causing. And then the second, uh, secondary injury is the, like inflammatory cascade that happens, you know, post exercise. And so if you do red light therapy, just, uh, after exercise, like just post exercise, you're only going to help with the secondary injury of exercise. But if you do it prior exercise, so if you precondition, um, with red light therapy prior to exercise, you're going to help with both primary and secondary, you know, injury of, of exercise. So, that's what the protocol I have in the book. And I believe it's something it's, it's always like within the six to 12 inch range, uh, red in your infrared light depends on what muscles you're going to be working the most. So if it's a leg day or, or something like you're going to be on a bike, uh, probably quads, if you're going to do like an upper, upper body day, then target those muscles prior to exercise about 15 to 30 minutes prior to exercise. Interesting. And then when you do it on the bike, you just want to keep it on for part of that bike, that indoor. Yeah, cycle. I just, yeah, I just do red near infrared. It's probably, it's a, probably a healthy 12 to 15 inches away. And I just do, um, depends how long I'm, I'm going to be on the bike, but I'll do one to two, 10 minute bouts of light. Okay. So if I'm going to be on there for like the, the 30 to 60 minutes, I'll do 10 minutes initially. And again, I'm at a distance where, again, I'm not going to be getting as much dosage, you know, per my protocol. So I'm comfortable doing, um, you know, one and a half to two of those 10 minute bouts. Yeah. During my, um, I love that. So efficient, right? Why not? Mm. Why not do both at the same time? Um, let's talk a little bit about fat loss, because this is interesting. I think I rarely meet anybody who doesn't put their hand up and say, I'd always like to get a little bit leaner um, and gain a little bit more muscle. So um 
how does that work? How can you use that to actually get those results or increase what you're doing? You've obviously got to combine it with the right nutrition and exercise protocol. Well, as far as, as red light therapy and how, um, how it's able to help with fat loss, is that what you're asking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, how it's helping and also what frequency, like how you would use that as a protocol. So say you're trying to, cause, cause I think fat loss is relatively easy unless there's some blocks in terms of weight loss resistance for people who are very overweight once they start moving more and eating differently because they have a lot to lose that can be quite quick but then as you start to get down to near to your optimal body weight for example actually leaning out can be more challenging so this is a great way to kind of really elevate what you're doing yeah so so red light therapy in the the research isn't as robust in this area because they're the physiological mechanism is still somewhat up for debate but essentially what what the theory is is that red light therapy helps liberate fat from the cells so then it can be released into the bloodstream and uh burned off as energy so um and i forget exactly you know what the uh but that's very interesting then, because yeah. um, if you look at like, I think it's Lyle McDonald, he's written the women's health book and done a huge amount of oh, research God. into how, yeah, how to how, you know, you can liberate these fatty acids and then you may not actually ever burn them off. So looking at like a deep, sometimes a redistribution of fat where, for example, they may be liberated from the abdominal area. And then what people find is why am I not losing weight? And actually they're just being redistributed into other fat cells in the hip and, um, thigh area and this is interesting because what that suggests then is that if you were to prime yourself pre-workout just like you could add some me metabolic conditioning at the end of any workout right to actually really mobilize once you've mobilized those fatty acids to burn them off you could do it in a fasted state you can do certain things that are really going to enhance that um, fat burning effect but actually what it sounds like is then you could use this as a primer for a workout and not just increasing time to failure, not just in protecting against injury, but actually priming the body for better fatty acid oxidation, which if you then kind of throw in some caffeine and it's fasted, you could get some really good metabolic effects. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or take some ketone salts or something to help produce, produce more uh, uh, ketone production too, which would help with, mm. with fat loss. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, right. Another little hat for me to try then. I love experimenting with these things. Um, another thing that is close to many people's hearts, right, is hair loss. This is a big one for men, but also uh, for women, particularly as they make that transition in life through menopause. Um, and we see that drop off in estrogen. They can feel like their hair is really thinning. It's a big deal for women post-pregnancy when they lose a lot of hair. And sometimes that is natural shedding. Um, but actually, also, they can be quite vitamin depleted. Now, I've often wondered with the red light therapy, how do you, because you can buy caps that you put on the head. But if you wanted to use a device like this that you're standing in front of, for example, it's difficult, right? Because unless you have really thinning hair that you can get your head kind of on it, there's hair in the way. How, how, how do you sort of optimize for hair growth? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because to your point, if you have hair, you're going to get a lot of refraction and you know the light's going to reflect off your hair versus getting down to the skin where it needs to uh, do its uh, you know pro-circulatory to help out the the, the dermis um, and the hair follicles. Uh, I mean, so off the top of my head, if if that's the case where you have hair and you're just trying to make it more healthy, red light therapy wouldn't be my top choice by any means. It really is for people who have thinning hair or they're going bald or their hair's getting thinner and more frail that's where you'd want to introduce red light therapy because like you're saying if you already have you know you know uh, a pretty good coverage and healthy hair red light therapy unless like you're just doing the the hairline you know on your forehead here where you can actually get to the skin you're gonna have a heck of a time getting mm. down to your skin level i mean even in the pet health research there they do research on different colors of hair and the darker your hair is the for the dogs the more light it took to see the result because the the darker the hair actually refracts even more light so that's another thing to consider if you're blonde great um if you're you know dark brown or black that's going to be much more difficult is, is what it sounds like so unless you have like a receding hairline 
hair loss or thinning, red light therapy wouldn't be my top choice. And maybe other experts or other people would argue that or people that are selling caps. But um, I just don't think enough light's going to get through you know, a healthy yeah, amount of to hair. Go through. There's some of that, right? I mean, there's different reasons, aren't there? There's different hormones at play for both men and women, but then also there is a degradation in terms of the collagen that's there, which is surrounding the hair follicle. And so you start to get less follicles that are actually being used. But I wonder when you think about it, if you are upgrading mitochondria, so there is a systemic benefit as well to red light therapy, right? So if you're standing there doing full body treatment, you're completely naked, you're getting those mitochondrial benefits, it's increasing. Presumably, it's, it's actually going to be systemically increasing mitochondria in all the cells of the body, as opposed to just going, well, the red light's shining here, and it's just going to target that area. Right. So there is that, there's definitely that systemic effect, like you're saying. So if you're upregulating mitochondrial health systemically, you're upregulating your, upregulating your, your, your overall energy, then sure, you could definitely make the point that those hair follicles, that area you know, of the skin is going to have more energy than, than it did before. So it could help stimulate growth. It could help, um, you know, transition that hair out of its kind of its death phase into its, its, its growth phase. Um, so that's mm. possible. I think a lot of what hair growth also has to do with is circulation. Um, so I'm not sure what the, the ramifications of treating your body for circulation up on your scalp would be. If, if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I think that's where the caps really are superior because I mean, you're, you're covering your entire head at once and any area that's thinner is going to receive, you know, is going to be emitted by red light, which mm. then would be pro circulatory, which is going to give more nutrients and oxygen to the hair follicles, which if it's been receding or it's almost in the, in the stage where it's going to die, they may actually give it the, the, the oxygen and the nutrients it needs to, to regrow or just be healthier. Um, but to your point, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Systemic mitochondrial energy production. There will be some. Yeah. Um, now this is interesting as well. We touched a little bit on skin at the beginning. You have a product on your website, which, uh, I'm now going to have to go and purchase, um, because I'm a complete and utter sucker for skincare and anti-aging. This is something I believe you know the founder of the company, and this helps to upregulate. Because I'd seen some, some I think I saw a piece of research talking around green tea and upregulating. If I've got it right, the antioxidants in green tea. So you could use a green tea-based serum with red light. Um, now, and we have to be careful here, right? Because we were talking earlier before the show about if you were wearing makeup, for example, that could be refracting the light. Um, but there are certain compounds and ingredients that actually are going to really improve the effects. And I think lots of people listening are going to be interested in this. Yeah. So, so the cream I had developed, um, I ran into this guy at a anti-aging conference in Las Vegas in 2019. And just talking to him, you knew he was brilliant with what he was doing. He, he was developing all types of, um, he's developing fabrics that have certain, um, elements in them for like EMF protection. And so he's been signed on by uh, like Under Armour and other people. He has creams that he's, he makes for Estee Lauder. So like this guy gets around and he knows his stuff. Um, but I asked if he could develop a cream for me that would enhance red light therapy treatments. And sure as heck he did. And so, you know, the cream has, you know, along with, along with all these anti-aging components such as turmeric, astaxanthin, there's copper peptides, uh, C60, which is, you know, tremendous for antioxidant power, shungite, which would help with um, uh, boosting the uh, immune system and has its own um, anti-EMF properties, humic acids, but then photodynamic amino acids, which um, according to him, helps your body absorb the red and near infrared light. And I actually interviewed this, this gentleman, his name is David Horanek, um, out of Los Angeles. And I interviewed him. He was like my second or third guest on my podcast, which is the red light report. But if you want to learn about the specific ingredients and why David chose all of these, um, ingredients, I mean, it's as much an anti-aging skin cream as it is uh, a red light therapy cream, but he goes into depth about why he chose each and every ingredient. And he's just, a um, just a wizard of a chemist. Interesting. And this is designed for the whole body or is it just really for the face? 
Oh, you can use it all over the place. You can use it as a, as a skin cream for your hands. I mean, when you put it on your body, it's like silk, it's soft. It smells good. It gives that the astaxanthin and the, and the turmeric almost gives you a slight golden glow. Um, so I live in Montana where we don't get much sun, but when I'm consistently applying this cream, it almost looks like I have a, a mild tan, um, whether that's what you're going for or not. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. You but... do have a glow though. I was actually wondering when I was, when well, I was speaking when you first come on. So... <laughs> that might've been the, the niacin I took because, <laughs> ah. um, which gave me a slight flush, but that could also be the cream because I did put some cream on. Um, this is kind of a side topic, but I think it's so profound. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Sean Wells, but over yeah. here in the States. He's been on the show, actually. Well, there you go. Yeah, so you're yeah. familiar. So he presented at uh, Biohacking Congress in Miami a couple months ago, and I was there too. I presented on red light therapy. But one thing he brought up in his presentation that I found most profound was that taking 500 milligrams of niacin twice a day is as beneficial as taking the NMN or NMR for improving um, NAD production, which has to do with mitochondrial health and energy production. But the point being NMN, which David Sinclair is a huge fan of, is just much more expensive right now compared to niacin, which is dirt cheap. And I had this massive bottle of niacin in my cabinet that I would I was using, you know, prior to saunas to get that vasodilation and help with, with the sauna and detox. Um, but I was rarely, rarely using it. And so when Sean said that, uh, you could take niacin to get comparable results for NAD production, I've been on board. So I've been doing it for the past couple months. And so that may explain the, the, that's level. interesting. Cause when I looked at it, I didn't think the conversion necessarily took place. Cause I know there's a company true niagen, right. Who produces, right. um, but it's quite expensive. Uh, but right. Sean's saying what there's recent research that shows actually just taking regular niacin is going to do the trick. Yeah. Interesting. That, that's what he advocates for now. And, and at what dose? Five, I believe 500 milligrams twice a day. Okay. So when you, so that's start, enough to flush you for sure. Oh right? yeah. It's so going to give you a good flush. Out, it's not going to yeah. be, well, you're going to turn red, which I did, but after doing it for a week or two, like, um, I get a little flushed, but not nearly as much as, as before. And for me, um, the price relative to the results, you know, provided the results are similar. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I'm going to have to look into that, that bit of research. Um, awesome. Well, you've shared so much today. It's been, uh, it's been so great to have you on the show. Just moving before we link to everything and where people can find you and find out more about the lights and your amazing guide. Um, I like to ask guests, you know, what's your favorite this might be red light therapy for you, but what's your kind of favorite biohack or book? <laughs> You're not allowed to say your own things here. No, I'm joking. No, that would be boring. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's tough to pick my favorite. I guess I always go back to nature. So my favorite things to do, like my non-negotiables on a day-to-day -day basis is watching the sunrise while grounding. Um, so I do that as many mornings as possible and intermittent fasting. So, you know, I eat around two to 3 PM most days and that's my meal of the day. I might have something at six or seven, but then I don't eat again till, till two or three. So I have an 18 to, to 20 hour fast pretty much every day, uh, which has just for me has become so normal that I can't fathom eating three meals a day. And just, you know, listening to people like, you know, uh, I think Jason Fung, uh, David Pompa or Daniel Pompa, just looking at the research of fasting, it's incredible because of all the things it can do for your health, mental health, physical health. It's free. It actually saves you money because you're not eating as much. It saves you time. You're not always cooking and, and cleaning dishes or going out and eating. So, you know, fasting while I've been doing it for many, many years, um, I was reminded of all the benefits a couple of months ago. So I've been on the big kick of intermittent fasting and fasting for even 24, 48 hours. So that might be one of my, I wouldn't say favorite, but as far as from a health benefit and, and a return on time, return on investment, um, that's one of my favorites, but same thing with, with, with anything with nature, getting out in nature, walking, grounding, watching the sunrise, watching the sunset, because when the sun is 
setting or rising, that's when you have the most uh, red light being mm. emitted from the sun. So that's in a way free red light therapy for you. So um, those yes, would be amazing. my big ones. Amazing. It's funny because here in the UK, you can probably see it's getting dark now. And uh, I used to get seasonal adjustment disorder. I just feel so miserable when I was working in an office in London. And now, because I have the ability to go outside whenever I want, right, with my job, just the way I've designed my life. And I absolutely cherish the fact that you can guarantee you'll see, and except when it's cloudy, every sunrise, every sunset, because sometimes in summer it actually sets so late that I might be going to bed. And sometimes it's rising so early at 4 a.m. that I might not yet be quite up because I'm usually up at 5. Whereas at this time of year, you can see every single one and you can see the most beautiful skies. And I just think, yeah, such an incredible thing. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much. Please link to where people can find out more about you, the podcast, the lights and everything else. Well, yeah, and I just want to answer the second part to that question, even though it's kind of one question. My favorite book is Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Oh, it's a great book. I think is, yeah. it is so profound. I, I mean, I read it once a year, every year. Um, because before that, I didn't have much buy-in into meditation and that whole um, space. But that book gave us some science, which for me connected the dots and made it very real. Uh so ever since I started reading his books, I've been a huge fan of meditation and that that's been huge for my mental health uh, side of things. So I just wanted to throw, throw that book out, becoming supernatural. It's a brilliant book. Brilliant book. There's something while you, while you link, I'm going to tell you something else I'm reading. Go on, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. So people can find uh, me personally on Instagram, doctor uh, dot. So it's dr. Mike Belkowski. Also biolite.shop to find biolite on Instagram uh, Insta, uh, sorry, LinkedIn, same thing, Mike Belkowski, you can find me there. So you can, you know, you can message me, uh, through, through those ways. You can also, uh, email me at Mike at biolite.shop. And, you know, really with red light therapy being, you know, relatively early and, and not many people knowing about it, there's going to be a lot of questions. So I'm more than happy for, for anyone to reach out, whether it's DMS or email or whatnot. And I'm more than happy to answer people's questions. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mike. That's so generous of you. And I will link to all of that in the show notes for people to be able to find over on my website, AngelaFosterFormance.com. Before you go, I'm going to share the book that I'm reading at the moment. I just couldn't, the name wouldn't come to mind. Your Invisible Power by uh, Genevieve Behrand. Uh, really amazing. And about how your vibration and everything you think about and how thoughts become things and the kind of order, like putting the law of like, the law, basically order being heaven's first law and then that combined with the law of cause and effect and your vibration and what your thoughts do and how they create order and how the whole thing about manifestation and visualization work it's just absolutely amazing yeah really incredible book and there's um a guy called i think it's josiah brand or something he reads it on youtube actually and it's really amazing to listen to and it's one of those books that i have to keep like pausing and going back and really really taking in because it is just yeah absolutely incredible What's the name again it is your invisible power by genevieve bayrand i'm gonna have to check that out i love that yeah. type of stuff yeah me too awesome phenomenal thanks so much for coming on the show it's really amazing Angela, my pleasure it was fun Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, the show notes will be over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcast, and you can download the transcript there together with the show notes and all of the other resources that I have on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.